Yeah. We did it, man. We did. This we is did. this is the one. You know what we did today? What? We had a guest booked. We canceled them. <laughs> <laughs> they showed up here and we went, nah. nah and we changed our minds. No, yeah. we didn't write it down. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we showed up in the wrong studio. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we couldn't. We gave the them the right address. Yes. You yeah. and I just went to the wrong studio. Yeah, it was weird. We ended up at Nerdist. I don't know what happened. Yeah, so we couldn't so, do the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I don't know, you know. Uh, these things happen. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. But it's episode 432. We're a fifth of the way to 2160, guys. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about searching. We're going to talk about Mission Impossible again. Now, I will I will say this. I felt an obligation to see Mission Impossible because I felt as, you know, a co-owner of a film podcast. <laughs> it was a big summer release. One of us should both see the movie and remember seeing it. <laughs> I do not remember yeah. seeing this movie. So I felt like, okay, we have that kind of obligation to at least a quarter of the fans. I can't remember (laughs) any of the Mission Impossible movies, except the very first one where John Voight was the bad guy, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right up there with Vicky Vale, the bad guy. See, I I forgot about that already. And that was like the one thing you remembered about it. Yeah, I'll I'll never forget Mm -hmm. that. And that's why I've blocked the rest of them out of my mind. (laughs) There's not a lot to block out. You you came in today (laughs) and said you saw it. And I said, tell me the ending to see if I, and and you told me the ending. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. That's how eventful Mission yes. Impossible Fallout And I was. could have been describing any f- one of the four. You could yeah. have been describing <laughs> any one of 50 yes. um, action movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or all the James Bond movies. Yeah. So, um, Red wire, blue wire. Yeah, yeah. A couple of guys go through some so, stuff. So now since we're talking about Mission Impossible, let's just get let's right into it. Let's just get into uh, it, Now, buddy. this is, I'll tell you, this, this movie was a mixed bag. People are saying it's like one of the best ones. And in places... It kind of was, like, because it had really interesting and fun action sequences. But at the same time, it's like everything is shot in such a studio, mediocre, non-stylized manner. So uh, it's like, you know, where's the next John Woo? Where's the next action director that can really put a unique and interesting voice and spin on action? Mm -hmm. Um, We haven't seen them yet. But, uh, you know, they're out there. I'm sure they're out well, there. Well, I think I go, you know, the I would go to Patty Jenkins with uh, Wonder Woman. Yes. You know, she mm-hmm. took action. I mean, now that that's a specific genre. That's, right. That's superhero. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she did a really cool thing. So the fight scenes in a superhero movie are usually a little, but I would say I'd love to see her direct a. Like a James Bond movie. Yeah. Or, or a yeah. martial art. Right movie because mm-hmm. that that battle sequence on the beach in the beginning of the Wonder Woman movie was unreal. Yeah, in terms of like you say visually, right? It was so cool. Like you know, there are a lot of Asian directors that have that kind mm-hmm. of style, the mm-hmm. way they direct action. But you know, as far as like the American studio system, it's hard to find. It really is. Like the one time that there was stylized action was like the Bourne movies, but it was stylized in the wrong direction where you couldn't see the action. Right. Like, well, what's the point? And they went, did too much of it. Yes, yeah. So so this is the kind of thing where um, it was such a weird, like I went up and down on this movie. Like at, at some points I was like, yeah, this is like an old school Hollywood style action movie with a star that's been around for many years and you've got all these great expensive set pieces and it's just fun to watch and there's even a hint of nostalgia that I'm enjoying too for this mm-hmm. type of movies. And then other times it's like every scene is too long. <laughs> every um, you know, every action and set piece we've kind of seen a version of it some other way and then uh, 
you know, we have a, a paper thin plot that's like non-existent and absolutely no character development. So, you know, I really feel like there's, you know, there's room to reinvent the genre. And I really would like to see someone do it. Like even like when you've got like, a, you know, a Joe Carnahan with Lock, mm-hmm. Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Like, you know, you've got these these really cool low budget indie action movies that, again, are very rare. But like, you know, give him more studio movies and untether him. Let him shoot the well, movies it's, the way it's he funny wants they've to tried them. to do that with mm-hmm. some of the bond movies in terms of mm-hmm. like getting into the psychosis of james bond right you've killed all these Skyfall, people stuff like that yeah you've mm-hmm. slept with, why are you sleeping with all these women you act some of them, the ones you did fall in love with always die right what happened in your childhood what got you to the point to where you could be this cold-blooded killer but they always dabble in it right and then the James Bond franchise machine goes, yeah, but you need to have him uh, holding a Heineken while this big explosion happens. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, then and it needs to be in an Aston it Martin. It needs to be in Aston Martin. <laughs> and, you know, so it's like, I think that's the problem is there's so much commerce involved right. in the big action movie. And you've got all these producers involved with rights, and so you've got all this baggage that comes with these giant franchises. Mission Impossible is the same way. Yeah. You know, you've got a big star, you've got his production company, you've got his The, the one thing people. I will say, though, that 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 I did think was kind of cool, and I, I don't, it's you can't use the term inventive, mm-hmm. but it's sort of old school in a good way, is Tom Cruise learned how to fly a helicopter. I know, that was cool when I learned that, yeah. And so those helicopter stunts are awesome because yeah. it's real-time practical yeah. effects. So it's like, it's not, the fact that it isn't green screen and there's guys mm-hmm. running and holding on to helicopters, that was like, holy shit. Yeah, and some of that stuff looked really good. Really good. Then that, there were some obvious CG parts. Sure. <laughs> but, but like, what was interesting is that was kind of the problem of the film. Like, uh, when you have these really cool practical effects, like a helicopter chase, that's amazing. But then you add some ridiculous element on top of it that, like, throws all that away and gets rid of the part that's parts that are grounded. It kind of takes you out of it a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, like, uh, you know, the what happened to the helicopters after they were done chasing each other. So, yeah. <laughs> no spoiler, but uh, it gets a little ridiculous. It does get a little. <laughs> it does get a little mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, so um, here's the thing about this movie, too. I want to say something about the plot. Like I said, it's, it's, it's paper thin, but it suffers from this interesting dichotomy of uh, they feel like they have to service the rest of the films. So there's characters and there's events that are referenced that are from the other films. But every film has such a thin plot you don't remember anything that happened in the other films. So you don't remember what happened or who these characters are because you don't care. Right. Because you don't care. So at some point, you know, you realize, like, well, why bother? Why reference all these things that happened before when nobody really cares? I mean, you could make it a standalone movie um, and, you know, not have to do all these references because what they try to do <laughs> is use those references to give the characters some depth. But it doesn't work. It didn't work because it's like it's one of those too little too late. Like we're already watching stuff blow up and, you know, you're trying to ground these characters. So you have a script that's at the same time paper thin but also unnecessarily convoluted (laughs) because you've got all these references to other movies that like, you know, my kids didn't see the other movies. Like we went as a family and they're like, oh, it was kind of confusing. I'm like. I've seen the other movies and it was confusing. It doesn't matter. I think uh, yeah. I've seen the yeah. other movies. <laughs> the first movie was 22 years ago. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if you had a child the year it came out, 
that is an adult now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, they're still doing them. That's a mm-hmm. great point and that, Aaron, that you're bringing up. And that's why would they keep, you know, like when they kind of rebooted the Jurassic Park movies, they made veiled references to it, but they, but, but they sort of just went, these can stand on their own. Exactly. They were Easter eggs at best. Yeah. Like uh, they didn't affect the plot. They weren't critical to the plot. They weren't um, um, kind of trying to build on anything. So it worked because it also there was a lot of time between those movies. And they understood, too, speaking of paper thin plots, there's no reason to uh, make right. all these crazy ties and, you know, and uh, references to these specific plot points because it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do make it, it's like, it's like you're, you know, it's not, it's, these aren't Godfather movies. <laughs> You know, you're not making references to some critical story detail that uh, was so inventive at the time or so mind-blowing. They're like, oh, well, we have to talk about this again. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, you're talking about an explosion or a bad guy that you caught, like, you know, in the last movie. (laughs) Or four movies ago. Yeah, or four movies ago. So, uh, but I will say this, Tom Cruise, he still looks great. He is looking a little longer in the tooth than uh, normal, but, you know, for his age. fifties, man. Yeah, he looks amazing. still running around. But at the same time... You know, if he's going to keep doing these, at some point you should probably acknowledge your age. <laughs> it's at some point. Yes, you're kissing um, co-stars that are half your age. I get that. But uh, um, good for him. Yes. It, it's, uh, you know, you're flying helicopters and you're jumping and you're running. And, uh, you know, and, and it's what's I felt bad for Henry Cavill because I'm watching him in this movie. And, you know, no. <laughs> The director's clearly not concerned with getting the best performance out of people. Alec Baldwin literally walks through every line, uh, could care less that he's even there. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Henry He's probably Cavill, just mad that he had to leave New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it really felt like he, he was inconvenienced in every scene yeah. right, by being on that set. <laughs> um, so you have this weird thing where, like, I'm watching the movie. I'm like, Henry Cavill looks bored. Um, Tom Cruise looks like he's interested in it being a success because he's a producer on the film. Uh, and it looks like Alec Baldwin just wants to leave. Well, that's and, yeah. and that's the thing to give Tom Cruise and this movie credit for. Tom Cruise goes in. He never phones anything in. No, he doesn't. But And he, uh, he gets his hands on everything, too. If he's in a movie, you know he crafted that film, too. He, he's involved in every aspect of mm-hmm. it. And he really gives everything he can right. to make a big blockbuster. Yeah, he does. And so I'll give him credit for that. Broke and his leg and a jump from building to building. He, you I know. mean, that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He Like, again, doing I'm going to take stunts. a year and a half to learn how to fly helicopters to make the stunts cool. Right. And I'm going to do my own stunts. The, uh, the, the high altitude, low... Uh, opening, low the pe- halo. Low opening, yeah, the halo jump. He did that, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. For, like, 18 months. He does crazy all that crazy stuff. He learns how to do that. So these movies are entertaining. They're so, always some blockbuster entertaining thing. I can't remember it. Like if you're going to ask yeah. me to describe in detail this uh, kettle corn that I ate. Yeah. Uh, of, I was going to say it's a popcorn movie, but what's one step below popcorn? Where as far as a ca- cotton candy? It's a cotton candy it's a movie. Cotton candy. <laughs> but it's this a Laffy Taffy yeah. film? What is it? <laughs> This movie had 3,000 setups, 13 helicopters, six pregnancies, five hiatuses, four weeks of aerial photography, three continents, two winters, and one broken ankle. Wow. So it's, you know, this a lot of uh, time and energy and money went into making this film. And like I said, this is the kind of thing that old school Hollywood filmmaking is good at 
and you know and should be making right so you know, you know it was uh, as far as like i'm not a huge fan of this franchise uh, but this one was pretty decent. Like, uh, you know, despite its flaws, it had entertaining uh, action. It had some charm, and it was just it, it had fun. And it, I, when we had fun at the movies, it was way too long. Like, you, every scene could have cut a couple minutes out, which would have cut maybe 30, 40 minutes out of the entire film. Uh, but uh, all in all, it was definitely, I think, one of the better ones. Yeah, it was mm. one of the better ones. I would mm. like you, like you say. If they could do another one of these, or just an action movie that had these cool, old school Hollywood practical effects and all that stuff, yeah. with interesting story, right? Some, you know, character development, then I would be even. Then I would be even more because when I feel like they're like the, the thinness of this movie and these other action movies that we talked about, then I start to get bored with the big action movie, the big action set pieces, right? And I'm like, I know logically, you know, that scene took. A month to shoot. Yeah, it cost exactly. five million. To, you know, like just to get those shots. Just to get the. Mm-hmm. I know what it takes to get those shots, but I'm like, I don't give a shit because you've bored me with all this other nonsense. Right. It's more loud explosions. Well, I, I remember too when uh, John Woo directed the second one. Mm-hmm. I remember when that trailer came out. The trailer was so well yeah. cut together. I got so excited over it, and the movie itself was so boring. And I was like, Well, did John Woo not show up when he was uh, directing this movie? And you wonder too. It was like, Oh, he was probably sat on by right. you know a hundred producers and uh, he didn't get the the directing or the edit that he wanted so the trailer editor did yeah, the trailer <laughs> did a great job yeah but you know this is what i would really like to see you know this franchise you know go in a, a slightly different direction with a little bit more stylized action i really think it would just take it to that level that it's been kind of missing mm-hmm. all right <clears throat> so, so what movie did you see graham i saw searching now, if you just the, the concept of this movie, I, I I wouldn't have I wasn't excited about. Okay. So it's it's a movie that's like it's like Unfriended, right? It's it takes mm-hmm. place everything takes, basically on a computer screen, right? The whole movie takes place on a computer screen. So mm-hmm. it's all video conferences, and uh-huh. you're looking at a website. It's like you're you're on the internet for two hours, right? Mm-hmm. And hold on. <coughs> oh boy. We'll edit that out. We're gonna no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of me drinking aminos on nice. the air, mm-hmm. live, and re-record it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you tell me that, I'm like, God, why would I want to go sit in a in a movie theater and basically just browse the internet and do all this stuff? I, right. I, it doesn't sound interesting to me. But this movie really is interesting. It was really mm-hmm. engaging. It's a really interesting. So the, the overall premise: this dad. And and they do a, they you the, the way they um, this isn't a spoiler this is just the first couple minutes in the movie I think this might even be in the trailer but this couple have a daughter and you see her growing up on you know the computer right because they'll show you someone's clicking like oh her first steps and this is thing and this is you know how mommy and daddy met and all this stuff and um. You know, it starts out in the '90s, and there's a, you hear a dial-up modem, and mm-hmm. um, and that's cool, <laughs> yeah, and and stuff like that, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know, like the mom posts, you know, and then and then you see like texts between the families and emails between the family members, and like the mom gets diagnosed with cancer, and you know, and all this stuff. So basically. 
they use all of this stuff very effectively to tell a story. It was really, I, I really, on paper, I would be like, I, I don't want to, I'm bored. But then. Was it any of it like, uh, like jittery, like handheld, or was it more just like webcam? So it was kind of. Uh, no, everything uh, was really static. Steady, yeah. Yeah, they mm-hmm. didn't do it. It's like found footage, you know, 2.0. Like they've taken mm-hmm. the found footage model and made it way more interesting. Because that was the, we all, you know, we got so burnt out on found footage right. and it was so unrealistic. We did. Other people didn't seem oh, to. Well, those people <laughs> need help. Um, but this movie, it, it, so, 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 you no know. No talking back there. <laughs> so the, what's, what's the, it's, the daughter is now 16. The mom had passed away a couple years ago. So it's just right. the dad and the daughter. And it deals a lot with. Do you really know what someone, who someone is and what they're doing online? Right. Especially at what, 16 at or At 16. What mm-hmm. is a 16-year-old really doing? A 16-year-old girl who's all like, yeah, dad, whatever you want. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. You know? And she disappears. Right. And so they try to find her and you see the dad freak out and he gets the cop involved. And it's a pretty good detective story. Goes through like the browser history, all that stuff. All that stuff. He mm-hmm. has to go dig through her life mm-hmm. and how he does that. It was actually very plausible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and they do a good job when he interacts with other actors, they FaceTime him. Mm-hmm. So there's a video split screen and they're talking. So it's like, oh, wow, they did it all. It was very interesting. And they shot the movie in 13 days, but it took yeah. two years uh, to, to prep it and do the editing and the animating and stuff like that. Right. But, and Deborah Messing plays this detective mm-hmm. and, you know, like the dad finds- it's John Cho, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. John Cho does a really good, he, he plays a really good job of this dad who's like, trying to deal with the loss of his wife and trying to connect with his daughter. And then his daughter disappears and he's losing his shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's like, anytime there was something I was like, I don't know. It was like, no, wait, then that would sort of be justified or explained or something. I'd go, yeah, that does make sense because he's going nuts. Um, And it was a really engaging movie. I was, I was, uh, I, I was riveted by, oh, he's gonna uncover this. And then he finds she has some, some secret account on a thing and it reveals who she is and all this stuff that made it really entertaining. Now I saw it at a food theater. <laughs> so you were already predisposed. I was already predisposed. I, I was having this uh, really nice uh, dinner in a comfortable chair, but it's really cool and it's, it's inventive filmmaking in terms of someone you know with a low budget and if you're going to get... Because um, it couldn't have been that expensive to make. No. And if you're going to get, you know, Deborah Messing and John Chu, I'm sure they're not cheap, but for 13 days... Yeah, yeah. What did that cost you? Probably half the budget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you there you go. Then you've got marketable stars to promote and, uh, you know, sell the movie yep. on. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, it's probably a lesson in creative, low-budget filmmaking, too. A great lesson. Mm-hmm. I would love to listen to the the, the filmmakers, the, the director and the producers on this and go, ha, you know, tell, walk me through this whole process and mm-hmm. because it was really interesting. And you talk about going back to Mission Impossible. Now, here they have this endless budget. What are they, 200 million or whatever? Something the, would, probably even higher than that. Some crazy thing mm-hmm. like that. Like Tom Cruise's you know, smoothie budget is probably more than this movie spent. (laughs) But they couldn't tell that effective of a story. Right. 
And now here's something with a really low budget that they shot in 13 days. And what a compelling story. Right. We learn about these characters. It's a great thriller. Mm-hmm. It's a great like who done it, like who's the who you know, um, and told in a very inventive way. I mean, it was really. I, I didn't think I was going to like this, and I was. Mm. I saw the trailer, and I was like, "All right," you know. And the trailer does it. You know, does a good job of leaving you. The, the trailer, they didn't overtell you. You know, sometimes right, on thrillers, right. you're like, "Oh, it was that guy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, because I, I watched the trailer, and I'm like, "Oh, this looks really interesting." It didn't like oversell it. It's you know, you got the premise immediately. Like, okay, this girl's gone missing. And uh, he's trying to find out what happened to her. And then there's like a little hint at the end of the trailer. I didn't know my daughter at all. So I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. Now he's uncovering all this shit about her as he's trying to find her. So, okay, that's an interesting story. Isn't that great? Because mm-hmm. it leaves you with this like, did, she, did somebody, was she abducted? Is she hurt? Did she plan, is she running a scam? Like, right. what's going on? Yeah, did she really run away? Did like, she really the, run yeah. away? Mm-hmm. And... Is she the bad one? Is she, you know, like right. all this mm-hmm. great stuff. That's a great thriller. Yeah. That puts you in a great p- place mentally to go, oh, I'm down with this movie. Yeah, yeah. And then you you go down the rabbit hole with the dad. Mm-hmm. And it's great because you're, that's the other thing, since it's all the point of view of somebody, you're, you're in the point of view of the dad clicking through the computer and it'd be like if you were ever investigating something online and you found this and found that you'd be like oh my god you know when you're been sitting at a computer for hours trying to find something and you find it you're like holy shit there you go so it was really it was really it was worth it it's because they had um yeah it's uh, it's worth seeing it's really it's really interesting cool. well that was a um that gives moviegoer is a great choice on the weekend now you know yeah. low budget story or big budget action cotton candy movie and the other <laughs> thing too that was interesting about it is you know we always talk about it this this time of year end of august beginning of september the action right. movies have ended and the oscars haven't started yet mm-hmm. this movie's worth seeing right this really fills it in it's a mm-hmm. and, they, and they did a smart release date we're also right before the halloween movie started yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's mm-hmm. a nice little a uh, little aperitif getting you into <laughs> horror movies right right because I, like from the trailer it kind of had like a thriller slash horror feel to it like uh like that kind of like oh this this like almost like that other movie unfriended yeah like it really it kind of felt like it had some of those horror elements to it yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really it's really compelling, and the you know sometimes when they do movies like this, it's it feels like it's just older people going ah look at these kids and the hooey on the internet, you know, and it's <laughs> it's not. It's really showing, and the culture of the internet and social media, the reaction to her going missing, all this stuff's really. They do some really nice social commentary. Oh, cool! About how the internet will just get jump on something mm-hmm. and turn it into a thing. Right. No and matter how, what it is. No matter what it is and how people then react to that. And and again, the do you really know um, mm-hmm. um, all right, there's somebody talking outside the window. It's crazy shenanigans going out at ATC yeah, today. Yeah. Um, that so, wasn't us dropping out. No, that wasn't us dropping out. We were pausing because... Mm-hmm. We could hear noise through the door. Aaron could hear it. 
way to make it stop. And he chased them away. And he chased them away. But it's really, it's a really interesting commentary on the word, not just, but obviously the social media of kid of like a teenager. Teenagers, yeah. And this is how they're learning to interact with each other. Because they've grown up with it. They've grown up it with it. It wasn't introduced to them later. We all got it late. Mm-hmm. Our age group and older got it a lot That's later. That's why we're the only ones on Facebook. None of our kids are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Because um, the kids have gone to something else. Right. Even they're leaving Twitter, too. Yeah. They're going to Snapchat or... Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Those are the big uh, younger ones. So it's it was really... Aaron, what are the other kids going to today? <laughs> uh, I'm 35, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, it's an interesting film. It's it's really, um, yeah, it's worth seeing. And check it out. Yeah, okay. I, I'd say check it out. What was it rated? I want. Was say, it like an R or was it like me, a PG thirteen? I think that was PG thirteen. Let me look this up. Because I'm, from what you've said now, I'm like, uh, I'm wondering if I could uh, have my thirteen year old see it because it sounds interesting. Because I think she might like it because she's uh, kind of on the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It makes me go. If I had a kid, I wouldn't want them on the internet. It's right. really how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I don't want. I'm sure that movie reinforced those positions. <laughs> God damn it. What is wrong with this stupid computer? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Somebody just got a free ad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm clicking it. I'm clicking it. I'm clicking it. All right. So, well, sorry. You can just take that out. <laughs> yeah. Nothing will end. I don't know yeah. how to do this. I'm trying to look up the information. Wow, it won't. Just you have to close the whole window. Go up to the top. There, there. I'm tapping it. Nothing's happening. Nothing's closing. Yeah. Go up to the uh, the window up top. You're going to have to close that. Yeah. All right. A lot of technical uh, difficulties and a bunch of chatty chatterments yeah. today. It's uh, It's been an interesting day. I'm glad what we a, didn't have a guest to see this. Yeah, what a bag of dicks. <laughs> what I was going to look up before this uh, <laughs> filthy little robot just decided <laughs> to fight with me. Um uh, was I was going to look at what, was the, what the rating was and what the box office was. Mm. All right, so Aaron right. looked at it. See what searching's what its rating was yeah. and what it's, if there's any information. Searching on. is a PG-13 film. Uh, was it like a hard PG-13, like it was kind of violent? And... No. No? It's it not violent. Oh, cool. Because it's, it's really all this guesswork. Mm-hmm. There's all these question marks. She's missing. They don't know where is she. What's going on? So there's no, and it's all through the computer. So you're not watching a crime happen. Right. You're not witnessing. That's a, that, which is also smart of the filmmakers because that that explains why you don't have to show any the violence. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's just a dad trying to figure out who his daughter was. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah. Oh, and cool. what was the box office? Are you getting numbers? It has. Uh, it came out the thirty first of August, and it has made half a million dollars so far. Well, it's probably already made its budget back. Then. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, doesn't say what the budget was. I would say the budget is if if it's more than five million, I'd be shocked. Probably under, probably closer to three. I think it's two to three million. Yeah, it'd yeah. be my guess, you mm-hmm. know. And it's like a half a million for two weeks for Deborah Messing, and a half right. a million, for John <laughs> yeah. Cho, and then and the other million. The rest for we post. Can shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The rest we'll shoot the movie with. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, Wikipedia has their box office at fourteen point six million. So. 
Yeah, well, sometimes a bit of a disconnect. Yeah, yeah. sometimes IMDb is, is 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 off, but fourteen million doesn't shock me at all because it it was a pretty full theater, and the reaction of everybody. I saw it Sunday night, so obviously it was a holiday weekend, so more mm -hmm. people are out on a Sunday night. But the reaction, people really, really like. I felt the the gasps and the laugh, and there were some little light moments in it and stuff like the people were really reacting to it. So. And there was like, I noticed some parents were there with like teenage kids. Oh, there were. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. I think you should, you should. Take my 13 year old. You yeah. should. Okay. So you've sold me. There you mm -hmm. go. Uh, well, Graham, we've got some Patreon sponsors. Well, son of a bitch, we've we got, got some, some new ones. We've got some classic sponsors. Yes. And some new ones. I love them. Uh, we're going to do classic first. Uh, Johnny Rulon, he's promoting his new novel, Green Cheek, Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon in both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel, which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her immortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. That's happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And the next are our favorite charity, the Audacity Performing Arts Project. Audacity. Produce, uh, after school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and low performing schools. Performing arts, is, art, arts education is not a luxury. Please visit them at audacityperformingarts.com. That's audacityperformingarts.com. And a new one from Chris Parker Howard. This is a podcast. Oh, cool. Coffee Over Suicide is a dramedy podcast about choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New cool. episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at randomify.com. Let me spell that, R-A-N-D-U-M-B-I-F-Y.com. Awesome. Now, um, one of the guests on a recent episode of the podcast is Michael Cornacci, who's an actor uh, who I've worked with before, and he's, he's great. So it looks like a really interesting podcast. So uh, check it out. And our friend Alice Frazier. Oh. Yes, from Down Under. From mm -hmm. Down Under, Alice Frazier's come out to PodFest a bunch of times from, mm -hmm. from Australia. She's great. And she's the co-host of the Bugle podcast and uh, host of Tea with Alice. She brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. They were recorded back-to-back. -back. It's three, a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. That's a long time to do stand-up. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, in April of 2018 with a binaural microphone, and I had her explain this to me, what exactly that was. So what it is, um, it creates an intensely immersive listening experience. So it records the uh, show, and then you have to listen to it in headphones. But the way the microphone records it is it sounds like you're in the middle of the crowd, so you hear people laughing oh. behind you. You hear the stand-up coming from the front of the stage, and you hear people laughing like all around you, but it's uh, positioned. So it said it won't work with earbuds. It has to be like those noise-canceling headphones. That's but, uh, great. It sounds really cool. I'd love to hear like when technology is used in a, a different way, like a stand-up special. Who would have thought to do that? That's awesome. Yeah. So, so all you got to do is Google Alice Frazier Trilogy for more info. Yeah, so check, check her out. out. Supporting the mm -hmm. Tea with Alice podcast is cool. Mm -hmm. I've done it a couple of times when she's been in town because mm -hmm. I love tea. Yeah. Tea's great. So we've got uh, Alice Frazier Trilogy. We've got Coffee Over Suicide, Audacity Performing Arts, Happy Horror Show Productions, everybody. Yeah. Check them out. Check them out. Go to patreon.com slash comedy film nerds for 50 bucks. We'll, get you, we'll, we'll promote your cool thing. Yep, on every episode, every including the spoilers. Episode. So, well, let's uh, check out some trailers, Graham. If the computer will cooperate. The robots don't eat mm -hmm. themselves. 
Now, the first one is going to be Bad Times at the El Royale. Sorry for that buzz, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, Bad Times at the El Royale. Mm-hmm. I have this queued up. And let's hope that... Now, I love kind of movies like this where it's a... Uh, a mystery kind of unravels in front of you where it's just like a bunch of strangers who uh, get together in a location and then you slowly learn more about why everyone's there and what their motivations are. It's, it's very Quentin Tarantino-y. The El Royale is a bi-state establishment. You have the option to choose a room in either California or Nevada. How'd you end up with the El Royale? Also, the there casting looks a lot like a Quentin Tarantino film. <laughs> this place used to be hustling and bustling. Old Dean Martin even sang a song about it once. This is not a place for a priest, Father. You shouldn't be here. We might need to work on your sales pitch, son. <laughs> the El Royale, no place for a priest. Murder. Yeah, that was coming. Drew Goddard is a great genre writer director. Now it's already bordering on Don't watch Show Me Too Much. I only watch who yeah. they tell me to watch. Who's they? Management. Baby, it's Would you mind opening up the door? No, I ain't gonna do that. We have to get as far away from him as possible. Awesome. I didn't even see the trailer. I'm not really a priest. Yeah. No shit. It looks like a fun, pulpy, you know, heisty, thrillery, <laughs> mashed Chocolatey. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so, know. I, I can't, I don't know. That looks too... Too, like, trying to capture Quentin yeah, Tarantino? Like, yeah, too derivative? Somebody said, go get me a Quentin Tarantino-y movie. That's totally what it feels like, yeah. You know? But I, I bought it. <laughs> I was I was on board. I'm like, yeah, I want to see it. So this is your. Uh, this is the next one. Is this the, is uh, your Maze Runner? Yeah, <laughs> this is my t- Tarantino Maze Runner. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This next one is the Front Runner. The Front Runner with Hugh Jackman playing Gary Hart, failed politician. This town <laughs> counts on this cut. When a portion of your purchase goes back to the coffee farmers who grow it. Wow. Now, so a star is doing coffee. Ad, I guess that make would, every cup count. That would kind now of. About- uh, the youngest candidate. Hart sense. spoke at full campaign trail. The clear front runner. So start with the uh, shoulder. I remember Gary little. Hart being the youngest candidate. My name's Gary Hart, and I'm running for president. I want you to think about the opportunity that we have right here, right now. I've never known a guy more talented at untangling politics so that anyone can understand. It is a gift, and he wants to share that. And all anybody wants is for You're him to Hollywood take casting. You know Hugh Jackman's Australian, right? Yeah. 
you will never understand that. Gary Hart. There's no American that could have played that Gary Hart. If we hold ourselves to those highest standards, John the Hamm voters cannot do otherwise. Senator, I want to ask you some questions about the woman in your townhouse. Can you tell us how you know her? You can't be serious. No one is staying in my home. There's no need for that. Uh, I, I am serious, sir. Oh, cinnamon, where are you going to run to? The one thing I asked was that you don't embarrass me. We can't hide from this. The cameras go everywhere. It's up to us to hold these guys accountable. Just because some other paper used gossip as front page news, I mean, that doesn't mean we have it to. It does. It does now. He is a man with power, and that takes certain responsibility. We need to say something. It's nobody's business. None of it is. Okay, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about how you get through today. This campaign is about the future, not rumors, not sleaze, and I care about the sanctity of this process, whether you do or do not. You know what, for a younger audience, they didn't yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. Go on, Gary. Uh, Say it. There's going to be a story tomorrow about me. Mm, I wonder what that'll be about. You know what's fascinating about this trailer? I'm watching this movie, and, and I'm thinking that uh, there's no less relevant movie to have been made at this point in our time in government. <laughs> This is back in a time where a uh, political scandal involving an affair might actually sink your career. <laughs> yeah, this is, this just... has no relevance and no bearing none. on uh, 2017, 2018, no. 2016. No, none of it's 2020. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> no, there's no, there's nothing relatable or relevant to it. And uh, um, I guess what it does, I guess the one relevance I would say is gary hart was so for those of you who are too young he was he was the front runner and you'll that's the trailer kind of shows you but and he very arrogantly said i have nothing to hide oh yeah have yeah. the press follow me wherever you want to go and it was like he had this blatant affair <laughs> yeah yeah i i'm he, he actually said uh like oh, if you follow me around he was he was literally taunting the press taunting. you'll be bored yeah. And uh, and then when the scandal hit, there were all these like political cartoons with like you know uh, underwear flying out of uh, houses, and then Gary Hart coming out going bored yet, yes. you know. <laughs> yeah, um, it was the arrogance was so fascinating. Like you just dared them to find out about yeah. your affair. Yeah, and they did. And they <laughs> <laughs> and they ran with it. And they ran with it hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, if anything, it might be relevant in the sense that it could show the broken political system that we have. I mean, they allude to it in that trailer of the newspapers going, but why are we running this stuff? Mm -hmm. Because that was sort of the first, you know, they always talk about all the press corps knew JFK was sleeping around and nobody cared. Right. Mm -hmm. But then that became an issue. They started to make that an issue. So maybe it's relevant in that sense of like how, when the press started to change in the 80s, it became more owned by corporations and they needed or tabloid sensationalism yeah, to get ratings because they had right. to turn a profit so the the newspaper or the media in general the beginning of the decline yeah the beginning of it, maybe that's it maybe mm -hmm. that's the relevance it's the beginning of the decline well, that would actually be an interesting um uh, um an interesting kind of like spin on this whole mm -hmm. story 
I didn't get that in the trailer, though. <laughs> I didn't either. And again, I really like Hugh Jackman, but why mm-hmm. can't... There's no American actors that could have played yeah, him? No, Come on. It's just give Wolverine a break. Yeah. You know, let give, hire John... Hire another American actor. There's other people Is that John Hamm going to play like a really prominent Australian politician from the 80s in, oh, a, in an Australian movie? Yeah. He's going to play Crocodile Dundee in a biopic. <laughs> Is there... I mean, if you remember the movie Animal Kingdom, mm-hmm. all Australian actors. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it's <was> weird. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see this movie because I just uh, the the. I'm curious to see how they depict a thing that I was alive for to see and right. saw it happen in real time. Yeah, yeah, to see how it through the lens of like uh, you know how many years. Yeah, and through today mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You know, 36, 38 years, something like that. Yeah. What? What do you mean? How many years when he when he ran? What was it? The year? It's Thirty years ago. Thirty years. Yeah. Nineteen eighty eight. Um. So yeah. Hey, shout out to uh, my boss, Bill Burr, in the trailer. Bill Burr's in the you trailer. Didn't see him? Yeah, he played the, one of the one of the uh, journalists. Bald with a mustache. Uh, Governor Hart, you want to explain that <laughs> that girl you got in your townhouse? <laughs> Um, yeah, John. There's no girl. There's no. No, I just saw her. She's she's there. I just. No, what are you talking about? Yeah. There's no girl. There's no girl. <laughs> there's no story. There's no. There's no affair. I mean, I like J.K. Simmons. I like mm-hmm. Vera Farmiga. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's got a uh, a great cast. You it's, know, there, this is a, we're getting Oscary. Right, it's, right. There's, they're pushing this down some Oscar. I feel like this is, again, what you had said before. It's kind of pre-Oscary. Well, we had Oscar hopes for this, but now it's not really working out. Let's just release it at the end of you know, August, beginning of September. We'll bring it in September. Maybe it'll yeah. get some traction. Yeah, when there's less competition. Yeah, <laughs> if it might picks up a little steam, Yeah. then maybe we got a shot, but we're not going to really... Yeah, we're not going to really push it. We're not going to... Not hard. I had to dig for this trailer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, all right, we'll talk about um, some DVDs and Blu-rays coming out. Uh, Hereditary. You know, I really want to see this movie. Everyone who's come in, like every guest, has really said it's a creepy, terrifying horror movie, but also uh, that it has a good ending and it kind of sticks the landing. So mm-hmm. I really, um, I'm really interested in seeing it. But I'm just going to keep binge-watching Ozark. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next movie is Adrift. This is the... Uh, um, Stuck in a boat movie. <laughs> yeah, based on a true story. Stuck on so, a boat. So uh, yeah, stuck in a boat movie. It was a uh, guy and a girl. Was it this? Uh, was this Shaley Woodley? Yeah, yeah, Shaley yeah, Woodley. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, by the way, no one saw this movie. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it looked interesting. It's one yeah. of those movies that I feel like I'm going to come across it at some point and go. It'll be on a plane. That won't be mm-hmm. bad. That wasn't yeah. that bad. Yeah. <laughs> And Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is the um, Mr. Rogers documentary, who, which you said was fantastic. I cannot so. recommend this movie enough. Mm-hmm. It's, if you really want to talk about issues from the 60s and 70s and how mm-hmm. relevant they are today, man, watch this doc. Right. And it's, it's, it's a well-made documentary for starters, and it's about a very interesting guy. And it tells you stuff that I, I mean, I grew up watching Mr. Mm-hmm. Rogers, and there's stuff about him I didn't know. Well, I really think, too, you know, you look at these DVD and release windows, like sometimes they're all over the map. Like, this movie is still in like second run theaters. I like, think th- uh, I think this is this is actually a smart tactical move because I mm-hmm. think this is it's still in theaters and hey academy people <laughs> check it out. Check this yeah. out. Keep mm-hmm. this in your forefront of cuz this movie should get It'll probably get a nomination. It should get a Best Doc nomination. If it doesn't, there's something wrong, because it's a really good movie. Yeah, and uh, something depressing will win, but it should get nominated. It should get nominated, (laughs) of course. 
Um, so the site spotlight, we want to talk about the, um, the store a little bit. We are actually in the process of upgrading the store, so it'll be easier to navigate and it'll um, look a little prettier. And the other thing we're going to start doing in, uh, you know, probably in the next month or so is we're going to start uh, putting uh, occasionally some things on sale. And uh, we want to try to, like, uh, get rid of a lot of stuff we have in the garage right now. So uh, in the gift packs... We have a lot of like kind of freebies and things we got at Comic-Con and I think we have like Mark Guggenheim's book. We, mm-hmm. You know, we're going to start giving them out in gift packs. So if you buy a gift pack from now on, you'll get a little something extra. And there's mm-hmm. limited supplies of all this stuff. We're yes. just, we're clearing some stuff out and mm-hmm. so once it's gone, it's gone. Yep. The Crab Feast stuff is going. The uh, Dana Gould, uh, Opera Man and um, Logo shirts, they're all limited edition. They're all going to be going. So a lot of the stuff will not get replaced. So if there's anything that you know, piques your interest in the store, check it out and make sure you get it now because uh, we won't be uh, restocking some of the stuff. If you're a diehard kitten, kitten hand fan, that's from way back. That's a reference from way back. Um, the old, the old logo shirts, once those we are gone, they're gone. We only have a few gone. left, yeah. Once those are gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. So if it's, we have your size left. Yep, check it out. There's a couple of Star Wars character shirts left yep. that we have. Uh, and there's, uh, you know, a couple things. Like there's might even be a few Whistling Bane shirts left. There's a couple Banes yeah, left. Yeah, there's a couple Banes. A lot of girly Banes left. So if you want a girly shirt, the, the, we'll probably have your size. Yeah, if you're a man or, or woman, whatever you're into, yeah, we're yeah, not passing yeah, you judgments. Know, if you're a guy who likes a tight-fitting shirt. I do. Yeah, I love a tight-fitting fine. shirt. You know, you like it fitted, you know, to show off uh, your V, your V-shape uh, torso. You want the Banes tour dates to yeah. uh, cover your guns? Mm-hmm. Uh, so please feel free check out the store and we ask you know you spend about $20 a year um, yeah. if you're not a Patreon subscriber or if you just want to throw down a 20 once a year good great way We're to support done. the show yeah, great way to support the show so alright premiering this week we've got The Nun and what I didn't realize about this uh you know, The Conjuring is like an extended cinematic universe. Oh, like you have, you have you have The Conjuring, you have like The Conjuring sequels, and then you also have the Annabelle, you have the mm-hmm. doll movies, and now you have The Nun, which is like a now part of that universe. Oh, wow. So, uh, um, you know, the trailers are creepy, so we'll see how this goes. Of course. You, know, you, you never know. I mean, honestly, the... Uh, the best one in all the franchises that they've been trying to kind of shoehorn in, I still love the first one the best. The, con- the first Conjuring movie is really a solid, scary haunted house horror movie. Okay. Um, and Peppermint. This is Girl Punisher, Jennifer Garner. This is uh, <laughs> Jennifer Garner gets a taken. She gets a taken, yeah. And I'm in. I yeah. saw the trailer and I'm in. I wonder if Ben, ben Affleck gave it to her. Like, if we see like, like it was supposed right, to be part, his. part of the, uh, you know, part of the settlement. It was, <laughs> she got his taken movie. <laughs> That would be awesome. That would be awesome. He's like, "Yep, sorry, yeah. you get peppermint." Yeah, I think it looks cool because it's a it's a really interesting premise in that she's this nice suburban mom and she's this, not doesn't have special forces no, training. No, no, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> she, she wasn't bored, you know. She wasn't bitten by a spider yeah. or whatever. And you know, tragedy befalls her family, and then she just spends. It's this is in the trailer. She spends five years just deciding. She goes all Bruce Wayne League of Shadows and yeah. goes, out, goes to a mountain and gets some training and comes back and settles some fucking scores. Yeah, she settles those scores. Oh, all it's right. a corrupt system, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. only one. There's only one solution yep. for a corrupt system, yep. Chris. She uh, settles a lot of scores after being a mom with zero body fat. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, bring back me some Jen Garner from Alias. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It's like, all right, you know the, uh, you know, you know, you got. 
haven't gotten to kick people in the face in a while. I know. It's been a while. It's <laughs> yeah. been a good 10 years of not being able to kick people you know, in the face. We don't count Electra. So uh, we'll, uh, I need to kick some people she in the face. She needs to kick some people <laughs> in the face. So I like it. Short hair, kicking people in the face. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Peppermint. <laughs> See it. The only thing that would have been better is if she would have said in the trailer, you mess with the wrong mother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> you mess with the wrong Capital One yeah. spokesperson. Yeah. What was, was Holly Berry's? You messed with, you took the wrong kid, or what was the, what was the tagline? Yeah, you messed with the wrong, you, yeah, took, you, the, you, you took, took the, the wrong kid. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> you came to the wrong cul-de-sac. Yeah. Peppermint this weekend. <laughs> um, well, that's our show, everybody. That 432, is. It's know? in the books. It is in the books, everybody. Mm-hmm. And please, uh, like, subscribe, you know, great way to support positive reviews on iTunes. Yes, all that helps. Mm-hmm. All those little things helps. Sharing this on your social media. Just yeah. go, guys, I like this episode and get more people to subscribe and stuff like that. Yep. It's really cool. You know, share it everywhere. You know, we're on Spotify, too. You could mm-hmm. uh, share us, recommend us there, iTunes, all these different places. But uh, yeah, and we'll uh, soon be on some other places, too, that we'll be mentioning soon. Other platforms that yeah. will be mentioned. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's our show, Graham. Let's, uh, let's uh, see where our guest is going to be. Oh, not here. Oh, okay, our guest great. is not here. Our guest does nothing to promote because they uh, couldn't get their shit together to make it here. Yeah. So go to... Go, go to, to uh, www.blank.com. Like, suck it. Irresponsiblecomics.net. That's probably a site. Uh, it's going to be yeah. a site. In the meantime, you can go to comedyfilmers.com and also grahamelwood.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be doing a show September 22nd at the Corbin Bowl in Tarzana. I'm going to start doing this. It's going to be a monthly show. Oh, great. It's a Saturday night. Tickets are 10 bucks. They're going to have drink specials and all this stuff. We're putting together everything, so that'll be online soon. Mm-hmm. But put it in your calendar. Saturday, September 22nd. Kira Saltanovich is booked on the show already. It's myself, Jim Bruce. We're going to get a couple other comics, so... Check it out. Check it out. And then go to GrahamElwood.com for all of your Graham Elwood needs. Nice. That's our show. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han shot shot first. first. You messed with the wrong mother. (laughs)